You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 419th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Matt, the little guy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer representing Massachusetts in the great state of, nope, sorry, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Tim, as you may have guessed, is not here this evening uh, yet again, trying to burn up all that PTO before the end of the year mm-hmm. that... Uh, Apparently he hasn't used yet. I I feel like we may need to send a message to HR and just have them look into that because mm. he might be over hours. It it seems like he must be. I mean, he's. I feel like he's missed more than you and I have. So I don't. I don't understand. How, we should really talk to HR about what the structure is because is he getting a better uh-huh. benefits package than we are? He is a pretty good negotiator. Yeah. I think maybe that's what it came down to. Is uh, you just. You and I probably both just accepted the first offer yeah. that uh, Slow Ride gave us, and he probably held out shrewdly mm-hmm. uh, for some more benefits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll re- renegotiate that going into. Uh, is this a contract year for us? Yeah, I think every That's year a is a question. contract year. Yeah, we're, much <laughs> much like cycling, we basically we're on one year uh-huh. contracts with ourselves here. Uh, we're kind of month to month, maybe month actually month. at yeah. this point. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, little guy. It's it's with Tim on vacation yet again. Um, it's up to us to hold down the fort here at the, at the Slow Ride Podcast. Uh, we've been talking in the green room. It's uh, it's the doldrums of winter. Uh, I'm not going to talk about virtual racing, little mm. guy. I've I've put my foot down uh, about that. Good. So we're going to have to talk about some cyclocross in the snow. In the snow. Yeah. Uh, this is something. That being uh, from Minnesota, you and I, um, Tim is actually from St. Paul. Um, so <laughs> this is something that we know very well, yeah. uh, riding in snow, being bike messages and stuff in, in the great state of Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. It's not easy, uh, and it's a lot of fun. And when you fall down, you don't hurt yourself. Um, so tell me yeah. about this uh, Val de Soleil World Cup that was uh, in the snow. Well... We need to, some people did hurt themselves. A fair number of oh. folks hurt themselves. Ezerbeet hurt themselves. Uh, did Femme, Femme hurt herself in the, in the yeah. winters? I couldn't remember. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, not like last year. Last year, if you watched this race, you saw some nice fluffy snow and it was fun. And yeah. it, uh, this one, snow. I guess, was like that the day before. It seemed like when pre-ride and then it was ice, a lot of ice. It was super fast in some sections, and it was scary for me to watch because I know that feeling where you're you're cruising down a street and you're going uh-huh. really fast, and then you kind of realize uh, you look down, you realize this is all ice. If I can keep yeah. going this speed, I'm fine. But if there's any like a car comes up, I have to brake. Even there's a stop sign. I don't know how uh-huh. there's any way I can stop. And it's it's a, a weird course. feeling when you're like 
if I even think about slowing, like if yeah, I, you'll like fall. you don't have to touch the brakes. You just think about the brakes. You fall down. Yeah. The front wheel will wash out immediately. Um, yeah. You're, so they didn't have to dismount. I mean, they had to dismount to run on a few things in this race and it did, it did okay. bring a few hilarious shots. Like there's a shot at one point where, uh, Vandenput, Vanderput, what's his name? Vandenput. It's hard to know because uh-huh. he is not Matthew Vanderpool, yet he is on the team and he made the podium. It was very bizarre. Uh-huh. It's nice. The race brings out some new faces, but there's a point where he went up a little rise and he didn't quite make it and he mm-hmm. couldn't get off the bike. So it was too, too icy. Too steep, yeah. So he did this little tiptoe dance still on his bike, like tiptoed his way up the rest of the climb. Mm-hmm. I'm sure folks can find this in the highlights it must have made the highlights because it's hilarious looking and but anyone who's ridden in conditions like that and ridden cross in conditions like that knows that he nailed it he obviously was uh attuned to the conditions and that was what he had to do Mm -hmm. an amateur in that situation uh cross rider would have tried to throw their leg over the bike and get off and run like in a Uh normal cross race and they would have Uh fallen and slid back down the hill and slid out of podium contention and so Things like that were great because they look really silly or you see them all cruising super fast and they get to a corner and then you're like, wow, did they go around that corner slow? And then the Mm -hmm. fifth guy comes up to the corner and is like, I'm going to rail it and I'm going to bridge to that group and they are gone. They are sliding across the whole course. Like, bizarre. (laughs) Just kind of threw a lot of things up. But the winners were not really up. Like, the two winners in the men's and women's elite race were like, regulars on the podium uh-huh. top step of the podium uh-huh. um but the rest of them were not not f- foreign to being at the top of the race but also a little bit less common up there i guess is how i'm trying to say yeah it. no that's true um the women's race the results puck in first uh alvarado second men and baker uh third and on the men's side I don't even know all these names. I don't know who any of these people are. Van Tornout uh, first, Van Put, like you said, second. Uh, don't even know if he qualifies as one of MVDP's MVPs. Yeah. He's kind of unknown. Where do he you put is. him in the ranking? I think he, I mean, he's getting a start, front row start this year from okay. consistent right. like eighth or ninth places. So this was huge, you know? Okay. He's and swapped. you got Kevin Kuhn, uh, third along with another Swiss rider, uh, Timon Rug in fifth, yeah. uh, sandwiching, making a sweep uh, into a sandwich there, uh, Lawrence Sweek in fourth place. Now, little guy, I've been led to believe by one of our sister podcasts on this network, uh, Circle Cross Radio, that Lawrence Sweek was elite. Is that true? <laughs> because it seems like... Not in the snow. Uh, I don't see Vanderpool having a good day. I don't nope. see Wout on the start list. Uh, Ezer beat, taken out of contention. Yeah. Lawrence Sweek's time to shine. Uh, fourth place. Yeah. I not, think... Not it, cutting it. If it would have been a little um, less icy, a little fluffier, I think the whole race might have ridden like a sand pit. And in that case, uh-huh. I think he would have he would have been there fighting for the win. But as it was, he looked a little tentative. Uh, probably after seeing uh, Ezer beat go down... And noticing yeah. that Vanderpool was probably taking it slow because Vanderpool was like, I don't want to hit my knee again. Uh, Sweek. Yeah. I think Sweek, solid fourth place, uh, still got that World Cup overall in sight. You know? 
uh, yeah, keep, yeah, yeah, keeping okay. himself in All the right. rankings, but also keeping himself from grave injury. Right. This was the kind of day where you could make or you could maybe like these guys, like Kuhn, get a podium, mm-hmm. super excited. Make um, your season, yeah. But for the guys who are usually about to get a podium, this was a I don't want to hurt myself kind of day, you know. And none more so than Matthew Vanderpool, who we all expect to dominate every race that he enters. Little guy, three minutes, 14 seconds down, finished eighth place. I mean, top 10 of the World Cup is nothing to sneeze at, <laughs> but when you're Matthew Vanderpool, eighth place seems like a a pretty significant yeah. uh, bad day, I guess. I don't um, think he liked it. I guess. Uh, so what does this mean for cyclocross? Does this mean... He's Nothing. just taking it easy, doesn't want to bang the knee, as you say, or does it mean I'm a roadie now? I got the big road contract. Mm. I got to think about the Tour de France. I can't be falling down in the snow in Italy, of all places, racing yeah. cyclocross. I think it. I think it's because he, he's got the eye on the prize, world championship. And probably in the back of his mm-hmm. mind, he's like, you know who else has their eye on the prize is Wout. And and uh-huh. I'd say to an extent Lars Vandehar uh-huh. on a good season. And both uh-huh. those guys were like, No, I'm not having any of this. This <laughs> is this is too dangerous. There's no reason to to not be in the Netherlands and Belgium where my fans are, where things matter, <laughs> where the world pivots from in cyclocross, wasting my time banging my knee on some ice in the mountains, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It it's a cool spectacle, but Will it, it will it won't get crossed into the Olympics, but so I don't know. I hope I hope I hope all the riders who fell down are okay and I'm happy for all the riders yeah. who were able to take advantage of the conditions and pull their biggest I results. At this point, the dream of cyclocross being in the Olympics is it's dead, right? Like the nail is in that coffin. It's not gonna happen. Seems like if it. fat bikes couldn't get in the winter Olympics, cyclocross has no hope, right? Yeah. The fad of fat bikes is over. And, you know, maybe there's a chance you could argue cyclocross was eh, mostly on dirt and mud and stuff. We could do it in the Summer Olympics, maybe. But then gravel came along. Mm-hmm. And gravel really stole the thunder of like off road, non mountain bike racing, right? And I didn't hear any tremors of that trying to be in the Olympics at all. But, um, not yet. I bet it's coming. <laughs> Well, who knows, little guy, because I think the signs are pointing to gravel being dead. Dead? Is the gravel racing dead or just the gravel lifestyle is dead? The gravel lifestyle, uh, I think, is dead because uh, coming across the wire. Yeah, coming across the wire earlier this week was the bombshell news from Specialized that they pulled the plug across the board on all of their adventure ambassadors. Yeah. Um, those are two legitimate words that go together in somebody's marketing plan, adventure ambassadors, mm-hmm. uh, that specialized in many other brands, uh, pay people to ride their bikes around by themselves in the middle of nowhere and make fancy, uh, I guess films or mm-hmm. TikToks or whatever about them. And I will take that job if you're offering it. I'm going to make fun of it, but I will also take it if you'll if somebody's offering it to me. 
It sounds like there's a lot of openings, uh, yeah, opening up, little guy. But I don't know if they're rehired. I don't think they're backfilling oh, these positions. Okay. That's actually, not what they're doing. Okay. Um, there's been layoffs, you know, nationwide. It's yeah, kind of yeah. uh, we're moving into a recession, and I think uh, turns out saying. a adventure ambassador segment is not safe uh, from this uh, contraction uh, in the markets. Um, if there's one industry so that I much, thought was safe, yeah. Pretty much no warning, though, apparently, according to all these uh, ambassadors who... Uh, let me just... Let's think this through a little bit. These people are, hands down, social media experts, right? This is their job. They make content uh, that gets seen. They know how to get the message out there. Mm-hmm. Do specialized think this through when they just <laughs> pulled the rug out, like, with no warning... Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're done. You're you're just don't post anything more about us. Your contract's no. over. You have no hope of getting another one. It's done. Because yeah. all of these people then went to social media and pretty much roasted the brand. Uh, some of them very nicely. Like, we're yeah. like, hey, you know, like this happens, whatever. And some were like, what the hell? Um, pretty big backlash there for a few days uh, to specialized little guy. Um yeah, it's true. Right move, wrong move. I don't know what you're going to do because I feel like that's across the board in cycling. I think, you know, like we all get excited when a team gets sponsored and then when a sponsor mm-hmm. pulls out, we're all like, oh, I hate ah, they're the worst. Ah, and we're like grumpy about it. Yeah. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, yeah. It would have been better to pull, pull, pull that sponsorship from DQ, I think. We've said this a million times. <laughs> that yes. uh, Patrick. Yes, uh, we have. Patrick doesn't deserve uh, any money. He's a jerk, and he's not good for cycling. And yeah, uh, it's insane that Specialized is stuck with him over. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes them money. I guess in the end of the day, do you, I'm a, I'm a little worried. You know, we've been making fun of the Specialized uh, Fall Raven uh, Anorak lot, yeah. the last couple of weeks, and I'm a little worried. Do you think? think we uh you think they they heard it and they were like oh no we've we've gone too far we got to pull back <laughs> senior so you think senior was listening to the pod and was like wait we made what and like dug into it a little bit and yeah. it was like okay i gotta fire everybody <laughs> like, been, i don't know whose fault this is but i'm i'm nipping this in the bud you think yeah. that's what happened no i don't i mean not really but i've been thinking about the the anorak a lot because uh i but i haven't actually done anything yet and okay. I've been, but I've been thinking about how how silly it is, and how my initial reaction was to make fun of it. But how I'm I'm kind of proud of the fact that Specialized and 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 the little Fox brand made such a silly <laughs> thing that like in uh-huh. a way, even if it doesn't work and is terrible, I'm just kind of like, yeah, man, you tried. Like you were like, let's let's. I'm hitting a home run. Like they they pointed at the fence. Uh-huh. They said I'm swinging for that. Uh-huh. They most likely just hit a foul ball at, at best. Uh-huh. But but they they laid it out there, you know, and you gotta respect you gotta respect the the effort. I feel like they might have connected just enough with the pitch, yeah. to like pop it up like an inch, but still went straight back into the catcher's mitt. You know what I mean? It's a big swing, though. That's the thing. It's like it <laughs> looks swing, good, a like effort, huge yeah. swing, and you can all and you see it, and you think, man, if that would have connected, that would have been four hundred <laughs> feet dead center. But like. Uh-huh. I, so I don't know if that's true yet. I'm just saying, I I don't want to. Um, I've just been thinking I got a little respect for how silly they are sometimes. Okay. 
So I'm, I'm feeling a little respect for Specialize's uh, ability to do weird things. But yeah, it is kind of hard to to fire all the people who are good at talking about <laughs> about your product and stuff and, and talking games. It's, it's, but it's like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, you kind of need to just lay off one at a time sneakily. Doing them all at the same time is frightening. Or like just, you know, when I imagine contract negotiations sort of happen uh, i don't know what time of year for gravel i don't know what they if they have a season but you say hey our marketing plan you know like we're winding this down or hey thanks for your you know whatever but it's more like a yeah so we're done there's no discussion kind of thing is what it sounds yeah. like anyway um well it's very cycling like give them yeah no it's true i guess that's the way you just do it in bikes huh that's the, it seems to always be often you hear pro riders being like, yeah, you know, I talked to the team in uh, August and they said, you know, we're working on it, working on it. And then I called them in September and they didn't return my call. And then I called some <laughs> other teams and they said, oh, we're full. And then, and then now they called me in early December and said, no, you're not part of the team for next year. And it's like, uh-huh. really? That's how it works. Like, it's insane. Like, but I, uh. we've heard that story a million times from, like following cycling through the years of just like, yeah, no communication so, and people just being basically dropped and dragged along because nobody wants to have the hard conversation of like, sorry, we're not renewing your contract. Like, yeah, just, just say it. So, uh, I gotta, I gotta pull this article up again. But there were some, there were some numbers in there, little guy, about uh, the the what the sponsorships amounted to uh, for no, some I of the folks. I didn't see that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I believe. Well, anyway, I know like a pro, you know, pro roadies, pro cycle cross racers, they're looking for, you know, they're, they're often out there doing these, these 20 something hour training weeks and like racing and flying all over the country and stuff for, for like 15 and 20 grand. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's not, not a lot of money. No. Um, everybody has additional jobs or, or a lot of people anyway. Mm. Um, I guess adventure riding, if you're, if you can pull down that much from a sponsor, like it's a little bit cheaper. (laughs) Um, you know, like if you're staying in a tent all the time, rather than trying to rent a van and get out to the middle of nowhere for some road race and fly eight people out on your team and everything. But but then again, I don't know, maybe you need to fly your film crew out and they need a van and everything else. So yeah, it can get expensive. That, you know, the sprinter's got a big tank. You know, it That's doesn't true. fill it doesn't fill itself. <laughs> doesn't fill itself. Uh, that's true. Well, anyway, our our condolences, I guess, to all the adventure riders out there. If you lost your contract yeah, yeah. recently and you have something to say about it, feel free to send us an email at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Send uh set the record straight. Uh I am not uh confident we're getting all this information correct because it's all kind of still trickling out at the moment mm. um but uh yeah uh, i i don't know that's that's wild um yeah and like if specialized paid you in short sleeve anoraks like let me know because that's weird why'd they do that yeah, did did you get that. the puffy shorts as well did they send the full set or just the weird parka poncho jacket i hope at least the full set that's what I'm going to put in my contract for next year. The full set. Mm-hmm. I want the full set. Full set. And they need to match. I, I want to go out looking like the Michelin man every opportunity I get. Yeah. 100%. Do you think that, um, do you think they thought that through? 
you're going to look like the Michelin man. And you're probably going to, they're probably going to want you on specialized tires. Ooh, it's a good point. No, they didn't think <laughs> that through. They didn't think that through. Uh, it's just like, is it Babendium? That's his name, right? Babendium. Yes, that is his official name, the Michelin. Well, I don't know if, I guess we've always called him the Michelin man. I should not gender him. Uh, I don't, I don't know that he's actually a Michelin man or just the Michelin person. Um, so let's, let's just, uh, Babendium is a good way, a good way to go. Uh, well, if you search Michel, if you search Babendium, the Wikipedia page says Michelin man. So maybe uh, okay. that's what he wants. Maybe I will respect his wishes. So that is about it. Little guy for racing news. We've covered gravel. We've covered cycle cross. Well, there's adjacent news, which is that uh, Astana fired Lopez because it seems like he might have done some drugs for real. Oh, right. <laughs> and okay. and then they hired. Okay. <laughs> they're hiring Cav and Cease Bowl, but Cav is the big the big news signing. It sounds so, like it's real. Astana fires Lopez has room on the roster for the, I guess this all does tie together. Cause Cav was rumored to be going to B and B hotels who yeah, they're dead. Famously strung kind of their roster along for a while and was like, Oh, we're going to find something. We're going to find something. Oh, don't worry. B and it, to their credit, the sponsor B and B hotels sounds like they were willing to up their monetary, uh, uh you know, obligation by a little bit anyway not enough to cover everything but they were willing to go in a little bit harder than they were yeah it sounds like and, they were strung along by 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 the yeah, team folks um, who were like oh he has some more money coming along you know who could not in the end find that money and everybody screwed B&B hotels team folding Cav on the hook along with a bunch of other riders who are a few of them getting snapped up here and there but there's a few people in the lurch still uh, but Astana making room for Cav, little guy begs the question: Are they doing it for Merck's record? Do they want that? Yes. Publicity. I mean, they they must because the only publicity Astana got last year, the only positive publicity, I guess, was Nibali having a few decent rides and then you know having a a swan song at, at Lombardy. But other than that, mm-hmm. it was it was. Zero results. Uh, mm-hmm. Lopez not really performing, having weird drug bust connections at the mm-hmm. airport, and then supposedly being cleared, and now them firing him because something else has come to light. Uh-huh. Uh, so not a good year for the boys that <laughs> no, ride for Vino. Cav, I don't think is anybody thinks is a good fit on this team. In any no. way, like they don't have any, I can't think of any real sprinters other than Cease Bowl, which is says he's going there now, who was in DSM last year and is a pretty good sprinter in his own right. And I think, okay, all right, as a second tierish sprinter, if they can get him to do a year of working for Cav, get that record, and then you know, then they they give him some so- of his own time, I think would be great. We started this off talking about Tim being a good negotiator. Now the question is, how good of a negotiator is Cav or Cav's agent? Because all he can be looking to get out of this 
is a world tour ride where he appears at the Tour de France. That's all the expectation he has. I'm going to assume, based on the financial fiascos of last year, that he's not expecting to even get paychecks, really, from Astana. Like, if they come, great. But if I I think he's not relying on that. Mm -hmm. He is going all in only for this Tour de France ride, correct? I would think that's a good... Good way to think about it. Yeah, I, Astana is uh, notorious for having money <laughs> problems through the years uh-huh. of teams that have lasted for a long, long time. Like There's been many uh, riders not getting paid for a few months story we've read yeah. through the years. But yeah, I mean, they don't. who else are they going to send to the tour? Really, it makes sense for them. It's, it's some goodwill, some good mm-hmm. press. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know. I, I imagine um I g I don't know. I just I I don't it doesn't make any sense. But Cav I can't tell with the silence he's had over this off season whether that is because uh-huh. he was too afraid to say anything because he 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 just had to leave every door open yeah. because they were they previously were shutting too quickly <laughs> around the Peloton <laughs> yeah. and there was no room left. Or or because he's been super shrewd you know, with the negotiations and everything was really being done backdoor and he was holding out for money from people. Cause it's, I don't crazy. know We're a couple of days from Christmas and, and yeah, Cavendish couldn't find he's, a team. It's nuts. He's a big enough name, obviously. And he's got still the legs to win, um, uh, based on this past season. But, um, I just, I don't think a lot of places had room for him, even if they wanted him. Uh, I think it was down to, pretty much like Astana and maybe AG2R actually had space. Yeah. And as weird of a fit as Astana is, I think AG2R might have been weirder. Yeah, they're both really weird. They re- they just feel Yeah. I I mean <laughs> I mean but it's, Tim would have been beside Christ. himself with Cav in brown shorts. He wouldn't have known what to do. That would have been great. Oh great. I mean Cav's going to look really funny in the Astana. It's going to be really yeah. weird. It's really Really fun. I I imagine there's like Astana's a team that's existed probably Cavendish's whole career basically. So yeah. there's probably some some tape of him somewhere yelling about how how much he hates the Astana <laughs> team or something. Probably. Certainly. Much as much as there's um there's tape of Lopez making fun of Movistar and then he went to Movistar and then he came, disappeared mm-hmm. from Movistar. What a career that guy has. Uh, is lucky at this point. If he, him and Nairo can get themselves on any team at this point after the fiasco of the year that they've both had. Wow. It would be something. And I was worried about wondering about Lopez all week. Did, has Tim professed liking Lopez or something? Cause this is very super rookie curse in in the way Nairo's season has gone and, Mm-hmm. The 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 positive test and getting dumped and constantly saying he has a team and not getting a team and then Lopez's way I I don't I'm not going to go back through the tape but I assume we have <laughs> we have audio of Tim being like this Lopez guy's great or uh, up and comer Superman Lopez yeah. you know it seems like we should yeah I think you're all, all the pieces of a curse are there but I don't I don't recall him ever saying this and maybe. Uh, Maybe he mumbled or something and Chris yeah. got confused about who he was talking about. Um, it's just the way, I mean, the last couple of years for Lopez have been very super rookie curse, you know, flashes mm-hmm. of brilliance and then dropping out of grand tours 
you think it would be teams. his favorite rider, yeah. I mean, he had that time he like punched somebody on the last stage <laughs> of the Giro or whatever years ago. After yeah. that guy ran, bumped him or whatever. I mean, it's very he's, much He's right Tim. up Tim's alley, but yet Julian yeah. Alaphilippe is somehow the the enemy of the yeah. of the state here in, in the world of Tim. But uh, I digress. Um, little guy, uh, we need to we need to check in uh, shortly with our man inside the peloton. Um, now that we are done covering racing, I do want to not forget quickly going back to the World Cup of Cyclocross. Give a quick shout out. Sweet American uh, Taylor Cook White in the top 20 two times in the last two World Cups uh, riding uh, for nice bikes out of Philadelphia area, Pennsylvania. That's uh, awesome. Which is close enough to New England that I think we will claim uh, <laughs> dominance over Pennsylvania for this uh, occasion. And then, um, uh, but when it comes to like, uh, you know, hockey or football or baseball or anything else, we will say absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um but I uh, just want to give uh, Taylor a quick shout out on the pod for some awesome, awesome results. Yeah, that's and awesome. That we're going to try and get uh, our man, Michael Matthews, on the horn to see what's going on in the cream lap. Hello, this is Shireen from Alaska Lions, and I don't listen to the podcast. Little guy, here we are in the preem lap this week, as always, sprinting it out for uh, uh, the Alkalades here at the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, which is a great network full of all of our favorite podcasts about bike racing, uh, Cyclocross Radio being one, Slow Ride yes. Podcast, of course, being number two, I mean, number one, um, Criterium Nation also crushing it, putting out their new episodes recently, mm. Nowhere Fast. If you're into Zwift racing, esports, you want to know how to maximize your gains uh, virtually, that is the show uh, to to check out. They've got all the insider tips on that. It's, yeah. I don't know if I sold it. It's better than I made it sound. It's it's really entertaining. Uh, listen, and uh, definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. And of course, Grodio. Uh, rounding out the gravel uh, scene uh, with Amanda Nauman over there, crushing it as always with the with the uh, the coverage of the yeah. you know slack cross bikes on long routes. Yeah, all all of these shows will have more informative things things to say than mm-hmm. us about cyclocross that happened in the last week. Mm-hmm. Probably the adventure riders, but also the lifetime. Certainly, almost certainly. Rodeo yeah. will have way more to say about that. Swift Academy is happening right now. We don't know anything about that. Go no. listen to Nowhere Fast. Not a word. They'll, yeah. they'll know way more about about that. And I haven't ridden a Criterium in years, and every time I see video of it, I'm scared. Go listen to Criterium <laughs> Nation. Uh-huh. They know what's going on. So. Uh-huh. Well, and uh, I mean, Criterium Nation is uh, singularly poised to have their finger on the pulse of what's going on actually with the adventure gravel uh, ambassador uh, bloodbath uh, that happened because apparently Specialized is redirecting those funds towards quote-unquote real bike racing. So I'm going to assume this is all Legion's fault and Legion has killed gravel and (laughs) all hail Legion. Wow, Arrow is everything. Uh huh. 
There is everything, little guy. Um, on the wide-angle podium side of things, uh, we got some updates about the donor drive beanies. They are in production. They look awesome. I've seen the proofs. They are moving through um, the production line, as I said, now. So we'll get those in a couple weeks and get them in the mail for everybody that uh, that is getting one for supporting us during the donor drive. Uh, kind of delayed there, supply chain issues and all kinds of weird stuff. And yeah, delay is a bummer, but they are on the way. And because of that, they actually got a little more design time. And I think they look better than ever, better than they were going to. Um, so look forward to that. I'm stoked about it. You should be stoked about it. Um, and, uh, if you haven't already head over to wideanglepodium.com, check out the, all the shows we've mentioned so far in this frame lap. And if you are so inclined, um, feel free to sign up to become a donor, a supporter of the network and the shows you enjoy. And with that little guy, I think we should get back to the show. Hi, I'm Zoe Bassett, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer, we're back in the email bag here. Uh, we only we only really got one this week. I mean, we've got a few follow-ups that aren't really... Uh. They're not ones to read, but we got a good one here, and it's it's time-sensitive, so we better get on it real quick. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. Excellent. Uh, we could yes. dedicate some attention to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's from Justin Bristol. Writes, help me, slow ride, Kenobi. You're my only hope. Uh-huh. We have a swap meet coming up this Saturday. Oh, by that he means yesterday. Uh, oh. <laughs> <which> <laughs> All right. The last, he says, the last time we had a swap meet in Savannah, it was at a brewery, and I managed to get my hands on way too many free drink tickets and went home with the following. A nine-speed campy group that I thought was 10-speed. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah, that, 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 that does nine-speed hurt. campy... It doesn't work with anything else. It's a real, it's a real little dead end there. <laughs> um, a tulip computer cycling jersey because I love Joe Parkin. See, that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's good. pretty good. Yeah, that's, good. that's a you score. Should, you should, yeah, thank yourself for that. And one of those giant clamshell travel boxes. Okay. For only five okay. bucks, he says. He says that was a good buy. Yeah, for that's the tulip jersey is also a really good buy. I don't know why that doesn't get the. A hard shell, though? I, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I'm giving them a, a C plus so far. Five bucks, though, and and a headache. The other thing was a headache. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Say, Obviously. I, I don't think I actually sold anything for my table, and I also missed out on a brand new CAD 9 frame set that sold for $100 because I couldn't get to the ATM fast enough. That is a major mistake. A $100 CAD 9 is okay. kind of ridiculous. Yeah, this is a, this is a rookie swap mistake. You got to have... Got to have the cash on hand. A lot of cash. He says, I need to correct my mistakes this Saturday. I've got some stuff to sell and certainly don't want to accidentally buy another nine-speed group. What uh-huh. strategies should I use to get rid of my too-small-for-me mozzie and my potentially crap, cracked carbon mountain pike frame and a ridiculous uh-huh. collection of 10-speed componentry in this fast-paced 12-speed world? My only hope is that with your active and some more hard less, uh, your active advice and uh, hard lessons this weekend, I can finally win the 2023 swap meet. Yours mm-hmm. in Barcons and eyelided tubular rims, Justin. Justin, I'd like you to know uh, before we get to the real advice that I did head over to my local uh, 
used store this week, and I did actually buy a pair of Archons. So you're right. <laughs> uh-huh. don't, don't need them. Bottom Somehow. Bottom. Not surprised to hear that. You know, little guy, one thing immediately jumps out to me about this email. Um, He's listing out all the stuff he's got for sale this time around and how to sell it. I didn't hear Nine Speed Campy Group in that list. No, I bet it found a home. Found a home. (laughs) It was it was an initial regret, but once regret wears regret wears off, you realize you don't Uh need. 10 speeds. Uh-huh. Honestly, they're trying to sell the 10 speed stuff. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah. No All right. Can't be good. So, well, like you said, a lot of cash. A lot a of cash. Dangerous level of cash. Uh, for, uh, enough cash you... that you're a little bit worried about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you know you're at the right amount. That's true. Like, if you hit the coffee shop on the way there, you should feel nervous. Yeah. Walking around with that much cash. Yeah. You know, you're you're just a little bit like this is bad to be carrying this much money. I don't usually worry about getting robbed, but if I get robbed today, it's really it, bad. right. Yeah, obviously, but like I'm not even so much worried about like being robbed as I am just like it falls out of your pocket like you you just go to check your phone or something mm-hmm. and like a couple hundred dollars just oh. flitters away. You know like there's any amount of things that could go wrong. And that's, that's you need to find that line where you're just like, ooh, I'm just a little bit nervous. I don't feel crazy because that's how you know you've got too much. But you're just like, ooh, I'm a little on edge about this. Now, there's a guy at the the local swaps here in the Twitch Cities, and I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm sorry if he listens to the show, but I don't think he does. At the last few swaps, he's always had a starter jacket on. I can't okay. remember what it is, but I want to say it's a Hornets jacket, but I think in my mind it's always a, a Hornets jacket. Every so, starter jacket's a Hornets. Yeah. 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 But it's it's a pullover with a front uh pocket. Uh, zipper yeah. or velcro kind. And that he has full of cash. And so oh. throughout the show I see him quick access, but also seals up nicely. And uh-huh. if anybody goes for it, you're gonna know because they're rubbing your belly. <laughs> uh huh. So what That's I'm saying is point. you gotta have a good safe place for your money, but you also need to be able to get that money out very quickly. Because mm-hmm. there are people like that guy at every swap who has two thousand dollars strapped to his belly and he can get those twenties <laughs> out so uh-huh. fast. And so yeah. you walk they... to that table and there's that there's that vintage bullseye crank for twenty bucks and you're like fumbling around trying to find your wallet and that yeah. dude's already bought it and the sun tour derailleur next to it yeah and he like made some sort of weird deal you gotta oh. fast like especially the first hour boom 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 mm-hmm. boom so mm-hmm. easy access but secure access is important it's true that is a good point um but that that's just the buyer side of things little guy and we're we're beyond that he's he's into the selling side he's clearly uh trying to make up for some he, he's behind the eight ball a little bit. It sounds like uh, needs to move some product. Maybe went in a little hard uh, uh, in the investments last year. Um, so what are what are the tips? I know Tim would say show up wearing a world championship jersey, uh, be the loudest guy there, and those are you know time honored traditions that uh, somebody at every swap needs to do, and it may as well be you, Justin. Um, Yep, so if you've got true. a world champ, like an old wool world champ, a uh, quarter zip jersey, um, bring that out. 
world champion of deals, you know, just come up with a name. I think a persona, uh, for yourself, um, world champion of deals is a great one. Uh, something along those lines and just, cause people aren't going to remember Justin. They aren't going to remember, you know, like little guy, they aren't going to remember who all these tables are. But when they think about like, ah, oh, what did I see that I wanted to buy earlier? They're just going to be like, ah, the guy in the world championship Jersey, the guy in the, mm. the, the world champion of deals, he had this goofball part that I definitely need to go back and check out. Like you stick in the mind a little bit more. Um, they remember where your table is because um, yeah, you might not get them on the first pass, but you got to make sure you close the deal. If you see somebody come through your table a second time, whatever offer they make, you accept it yep. because you don't want to go home with whatever garbage you brought. We know this. Yeah, I think if you're trying to sell, you're trying to sell a crack carbon frame. There's somebody out there for that crack carbon frame. Somebody yeah, wants gotta, it. Yeah, you got to lure them in. Um, a good, I think, a good way to have folks have to circle back to your table is too much stuff to take in in one pass. So uh-huh. sometimes a lot of little, like the last few swaps I've been at, I've sold stuff that I almost didn't bring, just like junk. But if there's enough of it, I feel like there's a certain <laughs> There's a certain there's a certain kind of swap person who's gonna buy possibly a broken carbon frame, uh-huh. who who sift through and they'll like push aside things you think that you've priced really well, you know, like uh-huh. you have a brand new Dior derailleur and you're like twenty bucks, I need it gone. They'll throw that aside and they're like this brake that's missing the barrel adjuster. Uh-huh. What's up with that, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you just need a lot of stuff so that someone does have to make a second pass. You want you want people to walk away and then go, you know, I'm not sure if I remember what that that uh, those wheels were behind those other wheels behind those other wheels. I got to go back. I got to dig again. I got I got I got to because there's it's the allure of something that other people didn't dig deep enough to find the good stuff. And maybe if you just dug a little deeper, you would find the good stuff that they're all missing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so, the, real, the real the real swap hounds are the ones who are there to buy the broken stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, Justin, uh, bring more stuff. Um, it doesn't matter if it looks like garbage. You know you've got it in your parts bin. Just yeah. if you haven't touched it in two years, bring it to the swap. It might sell. It might not. You'll probably bring it home. That's okay. You're just trying to clutter up the area. Uh, with a little smoke and mirrors, get them, keep them guessing as to where the good stuff is and sell them all the crap. Well, never, I feel like never before a swap do you want to look at your stuff and think this isn't worth selling because if you've mm-hmm. kept it for more than a week, somebody <laughs> wants it. It's true. And that's, like if, if you at all didn't immediately throw it away when it came off a bike or whatever, mm-hmm. and you thought there was some utility to it. Then there's somebody who's like going to the swap who's like, man, I need, I need a parts, uh, I need a parts front cycle brake. I haven't, like, I, I haven't been to a bike swap in a couple of years. There hasn't been one around me. Um, but yeah. in my parts bin, as you're speaking, I, I think about this. So I had a single speed uh, cyclocross bike. I was doing the single speed races for a while out here, and I remember leaving a race. Um, I had the uh, Kuat rack on the back of the car and I was backing out of a spot and like just tippy tapped a telephone pole um with the uh handlebars of the bike as I was backing out of this kind of tight 
bike race parking lot and uh, didn't think much of it. Drove home, got home and realized, ah, busted the um, the brake uh, lever on it. It was a SRAM, you know, the single, the, like no no shifter, obviously just a just a regular brake lever. But I busted one, and the other one is fine. And they're they're not super expensive. They're like I don't know even what they are, like 40, 50 bucks or something for a pair. So I bought a new pair, put them on, took the old pair, one busted, one totally fine, put them in the parts bin. Because I was like, I don't know, I might replace that lever at some point. Uh, you know, the one's still good. I can't throw it away. Yeah. I should have, I, I am, that's perfect swap material. Because you're like, hey, perfect. one is in perfect, working almost new. The other one, pretty messed up. But a smart guy like you, he could fix it. Only $5. Well, and you get you could make that connection between the guy who backed the other way and broke the uh-huh. other lever. And yeah, overjoyed to give you five bucks for that lever. Like exactly the joy on their face when when they are like, "Whoa, oh my god!" Yeah, is this the left bucks. one? Is this the left? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, my god. oh five bucks? That's it? <laughs> yeah, and you'll be so happy because that was literally going out for the scrapper. Yeah, so. but. To your point, I literally, that should go in the garbage, but I didn't immediately throw it away, and therefore it has value, and it should be at the swap. Yeah, yeah. This was five years ago. I haven't touched it since. It's been in the bin collecting dust, but somehow it has value. We're $6 now. (laughs) Could be, could be. I may have missed my single speed cycle cross window, I think that uh you know there's always time to walk rock the one cop yeah that's true well i hope justin i hope you slayed it at the swap yesterday sorry (laughs) got this at the wrong time uh please write in let us know if you sold anything Mm -hmm. let us know what you bought i want to know about what what um ill-advised purchases you made that's my favorite part of a bike swap we do need to live vicariously through uh, this bike swap. Um, some I want something. It's kind of like a wedding uh, things, you know, something old, something new, something yeah. broken, something blue. Um, yeah. That's what I'm expecting Justin to come home with, uh, each of those four items. So I, I want to hear all about it. Well, the best swaps are that you get that, you get that boring thing that you need that you would, you almost like, don't want to deal with getting like you're like yeah i got it. i actually needed a chain and i found a chain for three dollars for some weird reason new in the box and you're like yeah it's great and then i bought this i bought this derailleur i don't need but i've always wanted you know it's like it's it's the it's the combo of those things where you're like excited about something and you're like i don't need this i never would have bought this otherwise but it was so cheap today yeah, yeah, yeah. little guy um I don't want to take us to uh, uh, Segway Sam corner here, but um, speaking of derailers you don't need but always wanted, I saw come across my uh, social media feeds earlier this week a new derailleur that caught my attention. I have never seen anything quite like this, and I imagine it is... The steampunk derailleur of your dreams. I think I know where um, you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> I am talking about the uh, the Nevex rear derailleur. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, yeah. That the that 
Well, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's like an updated Nevex of the original one from way okay. ago. But yeah, Renamers so I don't is, I don't know anything about this. Tell me about this. It's a it's a goofy uh, friction derailleur that um, I think this new one actually will work through twelve. I think they say that Renee Hurst that used to be Compass, which is part of Bicycle Quarterly, is making. But okay. the original Nevexes were um, I don't know from the mid century on a lot of cool uh, old so, purses and oh, uh, and singers and and cool uh, French constructor bikes. This thing looks amazing. I want to say that first. The next thing I noticed about this is that it you need to weld something onto your bike to use this derailleur. Yeah, so they don't they don't mount. Yeah, they don't mount in like the the old the original ones that if you could find a find one from the 40s or whatever which you can't. And if you uh-huh. can it's on a bike and it's it's $6,000. Um yeah, they don't mount like on a derailleur hanger like we know now. They mount up on the um Basically, between the bottom bracket and the rear, the rear dropout on the chain stay, basically. So there's a okay. lot of chain wrap. You get way more chain wrap um, with it. I don't know what the other things are. The cool thing about these and, and the originals too is they're. I'm gonna get the word is wrong. They're they're uh, desmodromic, which basically means they have they have no return spring. There's just a cable, oh. and the cable pulls it in both directions. And there's a weird way with these. That's and wild. Some of the original ones that you can you can adjust. Uh, chain tension on the fly, so you can like, um, so you don't have chain slap. Like it's not like you know, like we have clutches and like indexing ones now. Uh-huh. There's a way with these to like basically increase chain tension. Like you're gonna hit bomb a rocky descent, you can adjust somehow adjust uh-huh. it and keep from chain slapping. I don't understand any how it works. Um, for years there's the Hiros, this Japanese builder who would build like his own version of these two at which are also Desdemondric or whatever. So they would work both ways with the cable, which is just, okay. there's not really any point. Like it's all silliness and, and, but it's bikes and I mean, also you, no point for DI too. I was just going to say, you can make same. the argument little guy. There's just not much yes. of a point for anything no. beyond 10 speed campy. Um, yes. Okay. No, these are great. I'm so excited about this. I'll admit you you mentioned we should talk about this and i knew uh-huh. this was coming out like i'd seen them teasing this for years uh-huh. and and i didn't know it finally dropped and like they're also making dropouts you can buy dropouts from them so you get the correct dropouts and the correct okay. hanger yeah, yeah. all the jazz you're gonna be in pretty steep water i was when i originally heard this was coming out i was like yeah you know i'm probably gonna want to get this like i'm uh-huh. probably gonna want to build a bike around this because uh-huh. i definitely want but it's 730 dollars for the derailleur you got to buy the shifter because the shifter is specific of course. to it, like I said. Uh, of course. It's got to pull the cable in both directions. Uh-huh. You're going to be in pretty steep. So it's basically, you could go this way or you could go DI2. It's like it's like A or B. Obviously, this is the cool analog weird-ass way I want to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but am I going to do it? Probably not. Now, I, I, I was at a bonfire last night, and I spoke to a... Uh, an unnamed frame builder, I'll say. Uh-huh, okay. I'm not say who they were, but uh, a local frame builder. And I said, Hey, are you pretty excited about that? And they were like, The Nivix derailleur. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. They like immediately knew what I was talking about. Uh-huh. Another person at the bonfire walked over and said, Were you guys talking about that derailleur? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you run in some very specific it. circles. Yeah. <laughs> 
like, ever, I, like just the mention of that new thing, you know, like just like are you? And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're all, but we're all all pretty shocked at the price, uh-huh. not because it doesn't make sense, because it's like I don't know, probably like a small machine shop's making the thing, and it's goofy and it's hand built, but it's a I, lot of money. It's I will say, this derailleur, although I don't understand how it works, how I would use it, what I need to do to use it, or really anything about the technology behind it, this derailleur, gorgeous. It's 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 a beautiful derailleur. It, it's great. It touches all of the nerves that anybody with any interest in vintage-esque or like... Uh, you know, if you like anything that uh, Paul makes or White Industries or any of that stuff uh, nowadays, you will like this derailleur. And yeah, if you... you've if ever looked at an old Paul derailleur or an old Pro Shift or uh-huh. any of those like amazing CNC American derailers from the 90s that mm-hmm. we all know in our heart of hearts are just copying like XT derailers and there's nothing different. <laughs> but they're nine times more money and they're cool. Yeah, it's it's the same. But this is like, yeah, very weird in that it's an updated version of a derailleur, like a French derailleur from the 30s and 40s and stuff. So it, it ticks all my boxes because it's like the it's like a, a technological dead end. Uh-huh. The rest of the bike industry went a completely different way of even mounting the derailleurs. Mm-hmm. And then, like, reviving it. Now, there was, like, a Suntour derailleur in the 90, late 80s, early 90s, like, right before Suntour died, that they... Suntour tried to be like, hey, you know what really worked well was this this Nivix derailleur. And they, they came out... I forget what it was called, but they came out with their own version at a uh-huh. moment when Suntour had, like, no market share. It had no OEM market share. Uh-huh. And so it required a proprietary dropout, same jazz. Uh-huh. And, and from what I've read, it was a great derailleur, but, like, maybe three people bought it because... It was a fine derailleur, probably, but but it was like what Suntour, you got nothing here. Like you got no, yeah. you got no sway in the industry, and you're like, how about you make something even more proprietary? It's wacky. I, while I'm excited about this one, I'm almost more, I'm more and less excited about the fact that Rivendell supposedly has been Uh-oh. developing uh their own um version of um a rapidized derailleur. Because like Shimano doesn't make rapid rise derailers anymore. Okay. And and Rivendell's about supposedly been like doing work and doing some R and D and and having prototypes made to basically come out with their own just friction runnable rapid rise derailer. Which I love rapid rise derailers. I at the bike swaps, I'm always the guy who's like buying XTR rapid rise derailers when I can find them because <laughs> I love them and they're still cheap enough. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. to the other stuff that I'm. I'm grabbing them up as I can. I got I got a couple in storage, so I'm excited about that because <laughs> they've they've said the price point is going to be more reasonable. Uh-huh. It won't be as cool. It won't be as bling. It won't be as silly, but it will be silly because you will be buying uh, a small company's reinvention of something that a larger company was like, no, this isn't worth it for us. <laughs> Gave up on yeah. But I love Rapid Rise. It's great. So. If I can right. have this, maybe I can have the the Rivendell derailleur when it comes out. Uh, I, what? How much cheaper does this thing need to be for you to build a bike around it, little guy? 
Uh, probably a lot because I mean it's it's yeah, <laughs> I still gotta okay. get a bike All built right. or I yeah. gotta get a bike and I gotta get I gotta get the hanger braids done. I mean I guess I know a guy. It's pretty sweet though, and it's super light. It's like a hundred. 176 grams. Ah, see, you're not you're not yeah. totally out of the game yet. It sounds like you're not out of the game. Uh we'll see. No, we'll see how sales if sales aren't as as high as they expect right out the gate. It might come down 100 bucks or so in a few months uh, and uh they I don't know what the first run of them was, but they're sold out on the website. Okay. All right. Well, you may be out of luck. Yeah, I unfortunately I'm not I'm not in custom bike weird world money. I mean, the thing that's great about bikes is like if you're, I mean, obviously, like if you if you make like real world money, which I don't, <laughs> this is this is like nothing. Like if this is your hobby, like this is like, oh yeah, people people well, have boats and like cabins and second. Homes this is and, like, this is a sports cars and like whatever. This like, is a great point, little guy, because this is you are you are ripe for a midlife crisis. And I think that this is a perfectly reasonable, like you're not going to go buy a Corvette. I know you, um, no. not even a weird old one. No. Um, but you could buy this. It's only 800 bucks. Uh, you get a frame built custom frame, maybe titanium. Hey, yeah. um, yeah. you know, you get the weird dropout things settled and you put some weird campy on there or whatever. I don't know. Um, I think I think you could pull this off, have a nice little mild midlife crisis, and and not feel too bad about it after, because uh, you get something useful. No, that'd be nice. I'd like to have a mild midlife crisis. That yeah, is, I think maybe we're all destined for it in some way, but um, do it mildly and hey, stay fit while doing it. You know, I'm not exactly stay fit in that in that Corvette. No, <laughs> no. Uh, you never struck me as a stingray man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, with that, I think we should uh, address the end of year, end of 2022, uh, the cycling season. Well, cyclocross is technically still in full swing. Um, cycling season is kind of wound down. We are full into the holiday season. Tim's already on his PTO. I've got PTO built up uh, that I need to use before it expires at the end of the year. You as well. I think have a bunch of PTO. Um, so we are at the Solar Podcast going to be taking uh, next week off um, for the Christmas holiday. And then the following week as well for the New Year's holiday, uh, since everybody's got all kinds of travel going on and different things. And we probably won't be missing too terribly much. And we'll be able to come back stronger in the new year. Uh, yeah. for the first week of January, um, with some, uh, I don't know, predictions or who knows what anyway. Yeah. Well, Tim wanted to have a big year end uh, best of episode and, and schedule wise, we haven't really been able to nail that down. So I assume we'll come out of the gates in 2023 with a huge 2022, the year that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, really big wrap up. up. Yeah. In, in memoriam, um, mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll figure out something, but uh, just want to give everybody a heads up. We will not be around for two straight weeks, yeah. which is our longest vacation ever uh, from this podcast right. in, in eight years. So Yeah, which is mostly uh, 
accidental because we didn't really realize how the <laughs> schedules would work. And here we are. Yeah. How the dates, how the dates align. The dates don't align super well for us. Yeah. Side. No, not ideal. Um, but I know you all understand and you all be busy doing your own family stuff and holiday stuff. So everybody enjoy it. Close out the new year strong. Get those Zwift rides in. Uh, and we'll all hit 2023 at full gas. And with that, little guy, let's uh, thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment uh, for the intro and outro music that we use every week. Uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors throughout the year and all of the supporters on the Wide Angle Podium Network, um, folks that donate their hard-earned cash to this show to help make it possible for us to spend all the time that we do uh, on producing episodes week in and week out. Aside from the next two weeks, um, <laughs> and uh, and of course all of our friends uh, on the other shows on the network as well, go check them out. If you are missing us, uh, go check them out in the interim. Uh, that's a good thing to do. Uh, you can always contact us on the Slow Ride uh, social medias at the Slow Ride Pod on both the Instagram and Twitter. Um, we will be active there. So it's not like we'll be totally gone. And of course you can always send us your emails at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Whereas Tim likes to say all your emails are gratefully received because they are. Um, and with that little guy, I think uh, we can close out this show for 2022. Yeah, sounds good. I've been Matt in Minneapolis and I will not be doing whatever that thing is where people ride a lot between Christmas <laughs> the festive uh 500 yeah. the raffle thing okay i'll not be doing that i'll be writing a little bit <laughs> writing a little bit all right and this has been spencer in holyoke massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists they see out on the road in 2022 and beyond the slow ride podcast bikes advice and rumors straight from the source theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Wow! What an episode! That was amazing when that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium podcast network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now.
Cyclocross friends. 